No, I don't like this losing streak at all. It's terrible. And another hat trick allowed by the Ducks. When will it end? We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Salutations, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. And hey, don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. So we have an off day today from the Ducks. And thank God we have an off day because the Ducks, the last two games, have been just awful. I shouldn't even say the last two games. Realistically, the last five games, they've been bad. I mean, it's even worse that they got swept by the Flyers. They got swept by a combined score of 9-3 to to the Flyers, arguably one of the worst teams in the NHL right now, and now the worst team in the NHL for other reasons, which I talked about on the last podcast. Just all kinds of horrible stuff. I'm just going to reiterate this just one, like just one time, and that's it, about yesterday's pregame between the Ducks and the Flyers. The Ducks came out during their pregame. The Flyers came out during their pregame, except for Ivan Provorov, who refused to wear the Pride Night jersey. And I will just leave it at this. You see the flag I have up there. I have plenty of friends that are part of the LGBTQ community, and I support all of them. And for those of you watching that are part of that community, I support you. I support all of my friends and colleagues that are part of that community. So, you know, just want to say... I'm with you 100%. Yeah, just going to leave it at that. So, aside from the pregame, as far as that's concerned, the pregame, as far as the Ducks lineup, nothing much changed except for Anthony Stolarz deservedly getting in net for the Ducks. Deservedly so. Stolarz did not deserve the defense in front of him in that game. This has been a common theme for every player this entire season, not just Anthony Stolarz. Gibby has seen this time and time again. Lucas Dostal. Dostal has seen this time and time again. Where the defense in front of him doesn't do squat. Sorry, sorry, Lucas. Sorry, Anthony. Sorry, John. There's just no defense in front of you guys. It continued on this game. The Ducks were up to their old tricks once again in the first period. Up to their old tricks as far as allowing a power play goal because, of course, they allowed a power play goal. We saw that coming, too. The way that whole sequence was starting to form right in front of Anthony Stolarz. You saw it coming. I saw it coming. The entire arena saw it coming. So that was a power play goal. And guess who scored it? Kevin Hayes. I'll talk more about him in a second. Second period. Things got not a little bit chippy, but, you know, maybe slightly chippy towards the end of that first period into the second period. Because at the end of the first period, we had a nice little scuffle. Not a huge fight, but a scuffle of sorts between Max Comtois and Zach McEwen. 
It wasn't exactly a huge brawl, not a whole lot of haymakers thrown, but you know, there was there was a couple punches thrown on each side. None of them landed. So Comtois up to his old tricks, the Flyers up to their old tricks, and the chippiness kind of continued into that second period a little bit. You know, the usual shoving and crap and all that stuff. But nothing nothing too bad. The one thing that was bad, the Ducks had nothing in that first period. In fact, they had nothing in the, the second period either. The first two periods, the Ducks were outshot 30 to 13. I legit thought they were going to give up 40 shots again for like the 30 bajillionth time. Nope, not the case here. They only allowed 39 shots on goal. Oh boy, only 39 shots. Woohoo, they didn't give up 40 shots. Yay. Uh. This is now, if we're going to get really minute here, this is the sixth consecutive game that they've allowed 39 shots on work because they gave up 39 shots against the Devils a few days ago. They gave up 39 shots to the Flyers just yesterday. So if it wasn't for that, they would have given up 40 shots for six games in a row. <laughs> it's it's bad, folks. That first period was just the epitome of the Ducks doing nothing on offense, almost nothing on defense, almost nothing. The expected goals in that first period were 2.01 to 0.35. That's it. 0.35 expected goals for the Ducks. They did pick it up in the second and third period, but that first period, it felt like the game was over after the first period. In fact, the game was practically over after the second period, really. Yeah, Henrique to tie it up, but that power play for the Ducks, this is bad. It's so bad. And to make it worse, Rasmus Ristolainen, Got a shorty. The Ducks are good at allowing short shorties, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Oh, and Morgan Frost scored also 3-1. to one. For what it's worth, the Ducks did try to mount some kind of comeback in the third, even though they were down two goals. But Kevin Hayes, he scored his second of the game. Made it 4-1. to one. Oh, but guess who finally got on the board in this Pennsylvania trip? Frank Vetrano who probably should have scored against the Penguins. At least he got on the board against the Flyers. So that was a kind of nice movement as well. And oddly enough, the second unit finally, and I mean finally started to do something kind of good, but there was also something else going on there. Um, The Flyers at that point in the game, they kind of, I don't want to say they just kind of phoned it in, but they did. I mean, it was a three-goal deficit. There was like a minute left in the game. Ducks are on the power play. The Ducks moved around about as typical as they would have. So while I do count that as a power play goal, I realistically count that as half of a power play goal because with a minute left, Philly was kind of like, okay, like the game's pretty much over. We'll go through the motions and just had like a little bit of a hiccup, a little bit of a slip up. I, I guess it counts, but... If you watch that sequence, you could see why I would say that it doesn't really count. Understand that two of the Ducks' last power play goals, I guess, kind of count as power play goals. The one against the Penguins. That was Shattenkirk coming out of the box. 
And that was kind of a weird situation where it was a four-on-four. Then it became a five-on-four power play for the Ducks. And five seconds later, they scored on that power play, even though it was a breakaway. This one, there was like a minute left. The Flyers were ready to just celebrate and ready to just get this game over. (laughs) But right at the very end, the Ducks thinking that, oh, we can come back from this. We're only down by two goals now. Yeah, not so fast. Kevin Hayes, he scored the hat-trick goal. This was with Stolarz pulled. A little bit of time. (sighs) Kevin Hayes got his third goal of the game. A hat-trick. The hats came flying. Final score, 5-2 in favor of the Flyers. Ick. Just ick. We'll talk more about this one and the Ducks in general after this first intermission. So stay locked in. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. If you want to check out the lines for the latest NHL games or the latest NBA games, then Bet Online is there for you. They've got a plethora of lines out there for many, many major leagues, including the NFL playoffs, which continue this coming weekend. So if you want to place a bet, Head over to Bet Online using either your mobile device or your laptop. Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. Let's talk about. Maybe not patterns, but just stuff that has been happening with the Ducks all season long. Let's talk about the previous game against Pittsburgh for a quick second before I talk about this Flyers game in general and the patterns that we've seen. Going back to Monday's game, the Ducks have had just a penchant of allowing late goals, as I've said, and this has become a pattern. This is the first pattern that I've seen so far on this road trip. They were just less than a minute away from getting a regulation win. This is like the fifth time the Ducks have come this close to winning in regulation and they allow a late goal to go into overtime and they lost again in overtime, only getting one point. Just like Orpheus getting so close to the light getting close to the end of that tunnel, looking back for a split second and seeing Eurydice right there. The Ducks are like Orpheus, coming that close to joy, that close to victory, that close to getting everything that you could possibly want. Orpheus getting this close to the surface, he would have had Eurydice forever. The Ducks were this close to getting a big victory in regulation. This close. And what does Orpheus do? He looks back. He glances for a split second. And Eurydice is sent back to the underworld forever. Just like the Ducks hopes of winning in regulation. They are dashed, sent back to Hades. And that's how it's been 
most of the last four seasons. That's how it's been this whole season. What about another, I mean, another pattern that I've kind of seen, the Ducks allowing too many shots. As per usual, they do this a lot. The standings right now, the Ducks are not quite in last place in the entire National Hockey League. Right now, that honor would go to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who they play tomorrow. This is a battle of who's going to tank harder. Is Columbus going to tank harder, or are the Ducks going to tank harder? This is going to be one of those games. It's the two worst teams in the National Hockey League. The two worst. Chicago, fortunately, started winning some games, so they're no longer in the bottom two. It's the Ducks and the Blue Jackets. One of those teams is going to lose. If the Ducks are going to complete this tank, they may as well get blown out by Columbus. And you know what? While we're at it, they may as well allow another hat trick. And if they're going to give it to someone, they may as well give it to, I don't know, maybe Johnny Gaudreau. Maybe give him a hat trick. Because we just saw the Ducks, I don't want to say give a hat trick, but Kevin Hayes, he just got a hat trick against the Ducks. He kind of dominated in this game, didn't he? He did. He did. Hayes got a hat trick against the Ducks. But that wasn't the first one. David Pasternak. Pasta got a hat trick about a week and a half ago at the Pond, where there were more than half of fans there rooting for the Bruins. Pasta got a hat trick. Oh, but we're not done there yet. Let's go back to, let's go back to, I think, December, early December. When Jason Robertson got a hat trick against the Ducks. Remember that shutout? That was a bad shutout against the Ducks. Dallas Stars beat them bad. Jason Robertson got a hat trick. And those fans in Dallas, they were celebrating like crazy. Oh, but we're not done there yet. There was another hat trick. I mean, granted, okay, that the other one, the Ducks did win that game. And that was when I landed in New York. And I saw what the hell had happened. <laughs> and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Remember Eric Carlson's hat trick? Yeah. Eric Carlson got a hat trick against the Ducks at the Shark Tank. That game ended so stupidly late. I woke up the following morning. I saw what had happened. And my first words were, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be freaking joking. Carlson got a hat trick, but the Ducks wanted a shootout. WTF. So that makes, I well, well four, four, yeah, four by my count. Four hat tricks. The Ducks have allowed so far this season. It's the most in the NHL. Most hat tricks allowed. Are, are you surprised? Are you shocked by that? <laughs> really? Because I'm, I'm not surprised. Not at all. They're allowing way too many goals right now. The defense is atrocious. The trade deadline is in about two months. The Ducks have some work to do to try to get something of great value for whoever they're going to let go. John Klingberg is assuredly going to be gone. Klingberg has to get to work. He has to score a few more goals, maybe at least get to double digits. So maybe the Ducks can have a chance at getting a first round pick for Klingberg. 
Maybe a first. Hopefully. But you know what has to happen, right? The Ducks are going to have to eat some salary. They're going to have to take 50% of the salary, which is fine because the Ducks have all the cap space in the world, right? Yeah, they totally have cap space. So what will they do with it? Well, they're going to have to eat a contract, eat half of it. That'll still leave them with, I think, $17 million in cap space. And if they trade another contract, then what they might have to do is take on a bad contract just to stay above the cap floor. I mean, yeah, that's going to be the easiest one. Klingberg is going to be the easiest one to let go. Shattenkirk, maybe someone could use Shattenkirk. Maybe the Ducks can get a third or a fourth for him, maybe. But I don't think they'll give him up. Kulikov, I don't think they'll give him up either. What about some of these other guys that are, you know, trade bait right now? I've heard Adam Henrique's name. He's got a big contract. He's got a year left after this one. So Rico could be gone, for all we know. Who else could be gone? Maybe maybe not Frank Vetrano because he just signed. And he's got two years left. But if you're the GM, if you're Pat Verbeek, all bets are off. Trade whoever you can. Get some good assets. Use them effectively. And we'll go from there. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other crappy teams in the NHL right now. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with the Jason J.D. Hernandez on this late Wednesday now. First two parts were early on. I intended this to come out earlier, but... You know, life happens sometimes. So instead, what I'm going to do is just keep this segment really short. And this is something that I'm going to do a lot over the next two and a half months is take a look at the scoreboard for the worst teams in the National Hockey League. Because let's face it, the Ducks are not making the playoffs. And I would say it's Bedard or Bust, but really it's Bedard or Fantilli. Or bust because I would be okay with that number two pick as well. Fantilli is a freaking fantastic player, another game changing type of guy that you want on your team. So, realistically, I'd be okay with the top two picks, but I know what Duck fans want. They they want Connor Bedard. So, let's look at the other teams that are vying for that bottom position. Ottawa beat Pittsburgh. So, yay. That's a plus. Also, from the Tuesday docket, we saw the Ducks lose that game pretty badly to Philadelphia. And this one kind of, you know, took me by surprise. Chicago beat Buffalo in overtime. So Chicago is like right there. And the Coyotes beat the Red Wings in a shootout. So, yay. Go those teams that are maybe not, maybe they're tanking, maybe they're not because they're winning. Who knows? I know tomorrow's going to be the big tank fest between the Ducks and the Blue Jackets. We already know this going in. The Blackhawks are playing the Flyers. The Flyers just demolished the Ducks. 
maybe Chicago can beat Philly and Philly can maybe relax a little bit. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe that won't. And the other game that I'm really keeping an eye on, well, there's two of them. Um, King Stars, because that's going to be just a fun game to watch. Both very good teams. And the Coyotes and the Capitals. The Capitals are kind of an interesting team in the East because I'm not sure whether they're going to be a decent playoff team or even if they make out of the first round. Of course, there's Alex Ovechkin. How far can he go? And the Coyotes? Hey, who knows? Mullet Arena is probably going to see about 3,000 Capitals fans. Most of them are just Ovechkin fans. So that one's going to be kind of a treat. And then Friday we have Sens Penguins again. This time, maybe the Pens will win this time. Who knows? And on the weekend docket, Ducks at Sabres. I don't know. Sabres are looking okay. Tage Thompson looking fantastic. I like watching him play. And Sharks versus Blue Jackets. I think the Sharks will wind up winning that game. The Sharks are a sneaky team with a very good defenseman in Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is one of the better players in the National Hockey League. So we're going to be keeping a close eye on certain teams over the last couple months. Certainly the Coyotes. Certainly the Blue Jackets. You know, those are your teams. Certainly the Blackhawks. You know, it's going to be really coming down to those four teams, I think. Because, let's face it, everyone else is on a different level. They really are. Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus are all with about the same record. Arizona is about four or five points up. And then it's everyone else. That's just a fact. All right. Like I said, we're going to keep that segment short. Um, I do want to let you know what's coming on later this week. Tomorrow will be Goals Thursday. I will be talking about the last week of Goals Hockey, including a game that is taking place as I'm recording this right now. Uh, So far, it is not looking good. It's probably not going to be a very happy podcast because San Diego right now is still struggling. Struggling mightily. That's even with Lukas Dostal back in the lineup. The goals are just... They're just not doing it this year. They're simply not. I mean, yeah, I, I will talk about all three of those games including the back-to-back against the Ontario Reign. I will be talking about those two games certainly in depth and Dostal making his return to Bakersfield, so I'll talk about that. And I will be talking about the upcoming game for San Diego that I'm excited about. It's going to be San Diego goals at Coachella Valley. Yeah, I'm excited. They're lucky that... (laughs) I know each and every pronunciation of every goals player. Every single one. I should have no trouble with pronunciations on that game on Sunday. And also Wayne Gretzky's going to do the puck drop. So that'll be really fun. And then Friday, well, I still don't know what the plan is for Friday yet, but that'll be an episode. Probably going to talk about the Blue Jackets game. We'll see how that one goes. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Once again, Thank you for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. 
The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all for your continuous support. And just thank you all for being awesome. Really appreciate it, guys. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great evening. Have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Please be kind to one another. And Ducks fly together.